snapping yeah and a voice there you go that's it yeah and it sets the whole stage she carries it and uh, i remember reading the backstory when she went into the studio that was a cover that was not the original version um and she said okay this is the arrangement i want and the record company went hello where's the orchestra where's the band she right, went, right. i don't want it they said oh what a mistake that's gonna be yeah oh <laughs> actually turned out pretty yes, well yes miss lee yeah. you're right <laughs> yeah. uh, Go peggy, Pe- Pe- peggy lee uh actually that was released this month april 1956. wow and wow. but you look at uh phil specter the the wall of sound how he build the whole crescendo in the orchestra again snare bass finger snapping and a voice yep and it carries the whole it's it's sultry it's seductive it's it's just wow yeah it's it, that is the perfect ensemble and she nailed it oh it's just great <laughs> great song no and uh, you Good know stuff. you know me in music i love yeah. it and and i see what some artists do with music and they try to put a their own spin on it mm-hmm. and you just sit there going oh my god it can't get any more simple mm-hmm. than a snare not even a complete drum setup just sure the snare yeah and just a boom 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 and the, you know, yeah. and that's it. Like, wow. <laughs> now, you know, could you or I pull that off? No. Well, not so much. <laughs> no, not no. and have people listen no. willingly. No. no. Yeah. Laughing. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, that was, uh, wow. Mm. Yes. Good, good, good song. A, a good moody little song. Well, kind of gray out it there. It is kind of gray. Just kind of, you know, yeah. Kind of right. walk into the day quietly. Okay. So 807 is the time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, looks like it was good it's a kind of a damp feel it is it yes even driving in the car it just feel you can feel that in the atmosphere but the nice thing is you get out of the car and you're like okay i'm not freezing so it's not a raw it's just yeah, yeah. damp yeah it's, mild it, yeah it goes through you yep i was talking to uh, one of my kids uh last night up in vermont and uh he said you getting rain i said no he said oh um we, we've had it for like three days Mm. And I went, oh, okay, here we go. Um, he said, we've gotten, I don't know, two, three inches of rain up there. And uh, he said, yeah, I'm sick of it already. I said, well, it's not snow. Yeah. And he said, no, you're right, but still. Um, you know, I remember two years ago, uh, I talked to him, I talked to my other kid, and he's in New Hampshire. Both of them were getting rain. I could see the storms. Mm-hmm. I could hear them. <laughs> and we got nothing. Wow. I'm like, oh, I hope it's not. There's like be... a protective bubble over yeah. your house, maybe. I, I, I was hoping it wasn't going to be that way this year. Mm-hmm. So, um, according to uh, one of the weather services, heavy thunderstorm this afternoon for 
Merrimack, Sullivan County. Okay. Okay. So yep. tomorrow, partly sunny, high near 59. Saturday, a couple of afternoon showers, 59. Um, ooh, Sunday, 44 oh, for a high. Brisk. Oh. And a 32 for a low. You know, it's funny. The thunderstorm piece, don't you feel like we've gotten a couple of thunderstorms really early? I mean, it's early in the season to be getting thunder because typically that's a summertime, the heat of summer kind of thing. We've already had at least two in my area I've, I've heard them yeah yeah um i know oh, actually it seems I, early actually i felt it okay yeah um i didn't hear what but i don't know i'm trying to picture how you're feeling a storm that you can't hear well, i mean it, are you one of those people with a trick knee that okay the barometric pressure must be all right go ahead would you let me explain all right i guess i did not hear the thunder i can sleep through a buffalo stampede oh my goodness what i felt was my 85-pound lab jump up on the bed because it creeped him out. That's how I felt the thunder. Oh, you are a He is the biggest wuss person. on the planet. Uh-huh. So I, no, I never heard the thunder. All of a sudden I hear, boom. I'm like, what? Oh, damn. There's the dog. Yeah, how, do you know? how do you know? it's? You're thinking it's either a thunderstorm or we're being broken into. Or, yeah, no, yeah, okay. no, it was Sammy. It was, okay. it was on the bed. Piled up. Daddy, daddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that explanation. Okay, that see, clarify. it was worth it. It was. There you All go. All right, I got it. Well, well, well. <laughs> A10 uh, is the time. Um, I said this was coming. I said it. I said it, and I am not that smart. So if I could predict it, um, hang on. Uh, Democratic officials, the Democratic National Committee's Rules and Bylaws Committee, approved a plan yesterday to outline criteria for the selection of which states will be the first in the presidential nominating process during the 2024 primary. The plan approved by a voice vote abandons the set of early states of New Hampshire, Iowa, Nevada, and South Carolina and puts a process in place that would prioritize battleground states that choose to hold primaries. The Rules and Bylaws Committee will allow no more than five states for the early window that fall under new racial diversity, competitive, and feasibility guidelines. St. Anselm College professor Chris uh, Galdieri said New Hampshire has a lot of work to do if it wants to keep its first-in-the-nation status. He said this is coming from the party in the White House, which is probably not going to have a competitive primary next time around, assuming President Biden runs for a second term. The current president did not do well in New Hampshire at all last time around. In fact, did not need New Hampshire to win. He came in fifth and won the nomination and the presidency. And this comes at a time when the great defender of the primary, Bill Gardner, has left. So, And Kel Surprise, Iowa's uh, Democratic National Committee member, Scott Brennan, was the only person who objected to the passage. Well, duh. So uh, uh, Senator Maggie Hassan reacted on Twitter saying New Hampshire has held the first in the nation presidential primary for over 100 years. That is not going to change. We've defended our primary before, and we will do it again. So thank you, uh, Senator, for weighing in on that. So we will see exactly what happens. Um, but I told you it was coming, man. Um, this is, they want to cut New Hampshire out of it. They don't like us um, because, well, we didn't see Biden. No. And, and you know, we've spoken to uh, a lot of people that said, no, we did see the president and, and some of the weaknesses, and hence the reason he came in fifth. And some of those weaknesses are showing up now. Okay. So we just looked in our crystal ball a little bit better. That's all. 8.12 is the time. Uh, do you want to take a break or do you want to go straight? 
Let's go ahead and take we'll, a we'll, quick break. And then, yeah. Okay, good. We'll take a quick break. We're going to be back. Speaking of elected officials, we're going to be back with the 79th governor of the state of New Hampshire right after this. Way up north by the icebound ocean, I was born and I was born. Way up north in the Merrimack County, that's my home, that's my home. 1972 was the year. Tommy Rush came out with an LP called Merrimack County and Tom Rush from New Hampshire. And when that album came out, our next guest was just a senior at Chatham High School and uh, had no idea that he was going to be dragged up to New Hampshire. And maybe that was just timing, you know. But he, after Chatham High School, he ended up going to Babson College. So he started a northerly route and uh, kind of liked what he saw. Started a company up here and uh, became the 79th governor of the state of New Hampshire. It's my pleasure to... Uh, chat again been quite a while craig benson is with us uh, good morning governor good morning peter and good morning to all your listeners i hope everybody's having a nice day this morning no it's great to have you on we haven't chatted for a while it has been a while so, i hope you've been doing well um i it's subjective but i think i'm doing okay yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> well that's the only opinion that matters in my book see so that's good that's why i like you 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 and i agree on that it's what we think that counts <laughs> So you uh, uh, you have been uh, um, in the private sector, back in the private sector for a while, and um, uh, interesting that you came out and endorsed a candidate uh, this week. And I thought, uh, why? Why did you decide to step back into the political arena? Well, I've known Kevin for a long time. He actually worked for me when I was governor, and um, he's had quite a background. He started as a state legislator at nineteen. And some groups recognized him as the legislator of the year back when he was a teenager. Um, so he's been the kind of person that I love to see, young, aggressive, and always striving to do more and better. And uh, he went on from there to work for Senator Bob Smith and then for me. Yeah. Um, and then he went on and did his own things at various research institutes, including Cornerstone. And and then he got into local uh, politics, if you will, with the town of Londonderry and then the chairman of the Peace Development Authority. Um, and so he's he's had quite a, a nice career. He's he's exactly what we need. He's a younger leader. He's 46. He's very well-spoken. He's sharp on all the issues. I think he'll carry more than his own weight in Washington, which in some respects we've had some great senators from New Hampshire that have really showed that we have some talent in a, in a small state, and I'd like to get back to that. And Kevin, I think, is the type of leader that would allow us to hold our heads high with the representation he would provide us in Washington. So this endorsement comes real easy to you. It does. He's a he's, he's terrific family man, and he's terrific on the issues, and he will be spectacular leader for us and that's just what we need these times as you know peter are very difficult um and if we don't get our act together pretty soon it's going to be very hard to get back on track do, do, do you miss do you, do you miss being in the political spotlight at all craig um most times no uh but there are times when you'd like to be able to do something i'll, I'll give you an example 
I think what's happened to police officers and even firefighters around the country is awful. Mm-hmm. And I wish I was able to be able to represent the other side to, to talk about how much I respect and love the people that put their lives on the line every single day for us. And, and it's a shame what's happening to these poor people who go out and try and do the best they can every single day and get criticized. Now, you know you're preaching to the choir. I, I agree with you, but we've be, we become so damn polarized uh, that, that you, you talk and it's like you're, you're just throwing your words in midair. Nobody's listening. Well, they're not listening. And then, you know, if you say the wrong thing, sometimes you, you get the, the reaction that we shouldn't do in America. We should be listening to everybody. Everybody is entitled to their own opinion. Um, and we've gotten away from that. There's there's a correct answer and an incorrect answer now, which, okay, maybe on a test in school, but not in the public opinion forum. Uh, can I can I write your name in uh, to any elected office? <laughs> I, I like what you're saying. I, I'll, I'll be happy to write you in, Craig. Well, thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> well, you know, but I, I'm, it's got to start I, somewhere. I love, what you're, I love what you're doing to bring, to spread the word of up in the western part of the state and i and i just you know keep up the good work well i love doing it um it's you know it's just something that i believe in and uh you know you were a cheerleader for new hampshire still are and for what yeah. you know Jeannie and i do we're cheerleaders for new hampshire so yeah and we and we have to be because we're a great state yep and yeah we make our mistakes and you know unfortunately i'm sad to see that maybe we're gonna jeopardize our primary which has been something that we can hold our heads high about and and you know the thing that none of these people seem to realize is the participation we have here in new hampshire is extraordinary and you can take it to another state but you'll never get that no no absolutely not um uh, and and the thing is and i've had people on from well you you know neil Levesque down at uh, yes. the institute of power neil's been on and we've talked about it and he said you know let's look at this um so joe biden did not win new hampshire he came in fifth because the people of right. New Hampshire saw him, met him, listened to him, and said, uh, I'm not liking what I hear. He said, now that he's president, some of the things that we heard have come to pass. So we weren't wrong in our assessment. No. No, the people in New Hampshire vet candidates very carefully. Mm-hmm. And so you'll not get that anyplace else. Nope. Nope. And, nope. and, and you won't get the attention to the very specific items that... New Hampshire voters care about, and the country cares about, quite frankly. And so, you know, if they move the primary, which very strong likelihood will happen, um, it's it's a bad day for New Hampshire and it's a bad day for this country. Yep. No, I, I fully agree. But uh, we will see. We will see what happens. Are you uh, are you going to accompany uh, Kevin Smith uh, at any of the stops? I was so I. So, so I introduced him at a Portsmouth event about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I was happy to do that. You know, campaigning isn't what it was pre-COVID. Yeah. And so there's there's not as many events. There's not as many things going on. And slowly we're getting back there. But, my gosh, when I ran, I'd do five, six, seven things a day. Oh, I know. I know. And you, you'd be lucky to get five or six things a week now. That's true. Well, I've talked, I've talked to Kevin and his people and said, you know, come in studio uh, sometime. And if they schedule that, and if you'd like to come up, love to have you in studio with Kevin and we could just, you know, sit here and talk to the people on the radio. Awesome. 
Awesome. Excellent. All right. Well, look, are you, st- are you staying busy? I, you know, I, f- I found that I can be busy doing a, mu- a bunch of different things, and I'm back doing business, as you mentioned. And so, yeah, I stay plenty busy. And so it's good for me. Good. To uh, to keep my brain busy. Yeah, you sound. Otherwise, I might get in trouble. Peter. You know, you never know. <laughs> you sound you sound great. Uh, it's good to hear you again. And hopefully, as the campaign uh, starts opening up, when the warmer weather gets here, and we can relax some of the COVID restrictions, and people get more comfortable being out and together, uh, we'll get a chance to see you in person again. Sounds great. Excellent. Thank you for having me on. And please, everybody, have a great day. Thank you very much, Governor. See ya. We'll see you. Right now. Governor uh, Craig Benson, uh, the 79th governor of New Hampshire. He was in office uh, 2003-2005. Great guy. Very affable. uh, Very affable guy. And uh, um, he came out and endorsed Kevin Smith. Uh, And again, Kevin had worked on his staff and had worked for Bob Smith. So he's got a political background, business background. He was the business manager, uh, excuse me, was the uh, town manager of Londonderry uh, and the Pease Development Authority. So, yeah, he comes by the track record honestly so but yeah it was good to hear from craig absolutely that that was good so um there you go so maybe we'll get him in studio yeah yeah perfect and actually we have a uh the um the gentleman who beat governor benson uh to, to push him out of office and take over the governor's seat i had a conversation with that governor a couple weeks ago, he said, I want to come in the studio with you and Jeannie. There you go. That's John Lynch. All right. So, you know, <laughs> we could get Craig in here, then we get yeah. John in. It's sure. like old home days. Sure. Yeah. That'd be great. Exactly. 827 is the time we're going to take a break. Back on the other side. song from a slightly different point of view oh my <sighs> motley crew same old situation 831 what a little head banging in the morning come on you are the variety of music that you choose so we went from Peggy Lee. fever oh. yeah to yeah. but it sets it sets a mood it does set a mood but we needed probably that kind of head banging stuff to open the show to give us the energy that we need to propel through this no, first no, no, hour no, 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 not no, no, like no. oh let's roll over in bed and just kind of glide in no because you would have gone in high and then low <sighs> yeah okay we started low and then we're building see <laughs> it's the build. other way baby no no, right. no 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 okay you know um Again, we just had uh, um, former Governor Craig Benson on, and we was talking about, um, you know, politics and how it's very weird out there right now. Um, and to, to underscore that, mm-hmm. um, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, their order to lift restrictions on um, May 23rd, uh, that, that's on the uh, Title 42, that was the uh, Donald Trump administration. Um, it was to expel a majority of migrants at the border, Title 42. That was a public health order. It was not an immigration policy, but that was to try to uh, keep COVID out of the United States. 
and um, uh, the Biden administration has said, Title 42, we're getting rid of it. Get it, get it, get rid of it. Well, interestingly enough, uh, there are some Democratic United States senators that are taking the Trump side, Ooh. saying, um, wait a minute, um, uh, one of them is, is Mark Kelly of Arizona, and he said, Title 42 was put in place because of a public health emergency. It shouldn't be around forever, but right now this administration does not have a plan. I warned them about this months ago. And he said the administration's reaction has so far been unacceptable. Okay. The other senator, Maggie Hassan of New Hampshire. Maggie said, quote, my trip to the southern border reinforced my concerns about the administration preemptively ending Title 42. She said border agents were very clear with me that the end of Title 42 will lead to a steep increase of attempted crossings that they will not be able to effectively handle because they don't have enough resources. Hassan and Kelly joined three other moderate Democrats and six Republicans to sponsor a bill that would halt the Biden administration's move. There is a similar measure in the House that is backed by some Democrats facing tough re-elections this year. So they're not necessarily doing it for the right reasons, but they're doing it for the politically expedient reasons. So the fact that Maggie's saying, bing, 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 mm -hmm. okay, so it allows her to portray herself as more of a centrist. Sure. Understand that. Yep, yep. Okay, it's a politically savvy move. Sure. Um, and uh, um, I'm sure the Biden administration is going, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> Hello, we won. Yeah. yeah so... Uh, but that's welcome to politics. That's what happens. Interesting. All of a sudden, things start, uh, and I was not expecting to see that. Uh, okay, Kelly, I could understand border state. I get it. Mm -hmm. And there's Maggie. Mm. I'm like, whoa, mm. interesting. So, and again, Craig is, was here uh, speaking on behalf of Kevin Smith, who wants to win the Republican nomination to take on the aforementioned Maggie Hassan. So. Lots of little very, machinations yes, going on. Yeah, yes, yeah. it gets very interesting. And if you do like Jeannie and I do, because we see the news, we know the backstories. So we can put these little, uh, you know, a lot of people, you just see the news, you read the headlines, you read the thing, okay, fine, boom, and you turn the page. But we kind of go, huh, now wait a minute, wait a minute. Remember a couple weeks ago they said, okay, now we're putting the stories together. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sharp turn to the right. Sharp turn to the left. What's going on here? Yeah, the chess match yeah, yeah, gets yeah, yeah. very interesting. It's, it's can, fascinating yeah. to watch. It really is. <laughs> so, And we have no life, so it amuses the hell out of us. <laughs> All for your benefit, Well, yeah, yeah, you know, but at least we own it. Yep. That's something. Um, and, and by the way, um, I don't know if you did see it, but uh, Republicans in Concord, uh, the, the uh, Concord legislature, um, abandoned the gas tax holiday. Um, they were talking about uh, dropping the 23 cent per gallon uh, tax that we pay per gallon uh, for two months. Mm -hmm. Yep, they said, nope, not going to happen. Jeb Bradley said, nope, nope, nope. Our friends in the House, Democrats and a few Republicans didn't support it. Nope, not going to get it done. So now what they're saying is they're going to put $28 million from the state's budget surplus toward municipal retirement costs. So that goes back to cities and towns with the purpose of defraying their cost of retirement. So that would be ostensibly direct benefit to taxpayers. So the taxpayers don't have to kick in that money to fund the retirement, ergo. But um, but the budgets are already done, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm not sure if they've already put a budget together, how 
you've got to go back. It's like closing the barn door after the horse is gone, you know. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, but I think the tax rates are already set. M- many of the cities and towns' tax rates are set. They've already agreed on the spending. So I don't know how it's going to affect the average family that quickly. I, I don't know. So, But uh, anyway, if you were looking for uh, pennies from heaven via the uh, gas tax relief, <clears throat> not happening. So um, we'll see if, uh, if if this flies, but I'm sure there may be some objections. There are always objections. You know, God, the people can't agree on anything anymore. Um, uh, you know, if, if they do, uh, sometimes it's as simple as, wait a minute, you're for it? <laughs> if you're for it, I'm against it. It's that simple. It, there, there's no real thought put into it. It's just, I really don't like you. And if you're supporting it, I'm against it. Eh, hell of a way to run politics, but uh, welcome to uh, welcome to the 21st century, I guess. 8.38 is the time. We are going to, uh, to take a break in a minute here. And um, we've got some stuff coming up. And what am I doing? No? Before we take that break, oh. we're going to hear from Bob from Marlowe real quick. Uh, oh, hey, Bob. Hey, uh, yeah, how you doing? Good. I uh, just listened to your last couple minutes. A shocker. Maggie Hatchin found religion. <laughs> it's called a six-year paid vacation. Uh, well, and the internal polls are probably telling her, we've had enough of people like you representing our state. And why isn't Jean Shaheen uh, doing uh, is is uh, ready to you know turn to the other side and protect our country from being a complete disaster that it already is? No, Jean's not running for re-election. Yeah, well, hello, shocker. <laughs> and where's uh, where's the other two little Congress people who uh, have, have you know been sleeping for sixteen months while Americans? You know, I watch. Just I'll make it quick. I watch some. I watch a network which you could never guess where I get my. They have a guy on the, on the border yeah. all the time. I don't watch Fox. I don't watch uh, CNN. I don't watch MSNBC. I don't watch ABC, CBS, NBC. Okay. And that I'll tell you, the scenes down at that border without this forty-two stuff are crazy. Where has Maggie Hassan and her partners been on this stuff for the last sixteen months? Well, we're being treated like dogs. We're dogs in a dog pound. You know, you really need to tell me how you feel. Stop counting Yeah, about well, I'm very angry. I could do a lot worse. I'm telling you, I'm sick. You know, these people, that, like I said, I'm sick of these people that have been voting. I hope, I hope their internal polls are telling them, wake up, because we're showing you the back door. Well, uh, you saw, I don't know if you did see it, but uh, uh, the uh, Biden's approval rate was down to 33 now. Yeah. Yep. Where are those 33%? Where are those 33 people? 33%. I don't know. Uh, I, I, but I mean, this has been coming for a while. We've been talking about this for a, a, at least a year. Polls were saying Americans are saying the country's going in the wrong direction. This is not I'd a news say it's flash. Been happening, right? I'd say I'd say it's been happening since January twenty first, twenty twenty one. Yeah. Look at the uh, you know look at the I mean I can't believe I I lost I just lost like eight thousand dollars in a short period. Uh, I have like one of those self adjusting uh, uh, investments, which I've done very well on in the last you know four or five years. I've done you know. Taken a lot out and still made a lot. But, I mean, all of a sudden, uh, whoever's doing the self-adjusting for me, I'm going to find out today, has normally what happens when you, when you see a, a, a drop like it's, like it's been happening in the last, two, you know, last uh, few months, it adjusts down into less aggressive uh, uh, options. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I like know. money markets, even even go. I, I'd take all money markets versus losing. You got to, you know, we've had some big. You know, they're not talking about it. The media, the media's not talking. We've lost a lot, quite a bit of. Uh, I know. And the stock market's going way down. I know. I hear you. Hey, Bob, I got to run. 
All right, I just want to, you know, shout out. Way to go, Maggie Hassan. You found religion. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Bye. 8.41, taking a break. Back on the other side. Tanya Tucker, and it seems somewhat appropriate, I think, for our next guest. It is. We are so excited, once again, to be talking with Carrie Hamill with the Upper Valley Humane Society. And at first blush, are you thinking, okay, what is the connection there with that uh, bump music? Well, it has it seemingly has nothing to do with pets. Yes, it seemingly does. has nothing. But it does, because the performer... Tanya Tucker right. has the same last name as the first name of the pet I think we're going to feature. We had to work for this, you know. And if we're wrong, just switch real quick for us, Carrie. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. That was smooth. I like it. That, was, that took some creativity today. It, it did. So, i got to so give so Peter thank the you. credit for that and one. And Tucker's yeah. just hanging in, hanging out, hanging on. There you go. Okay. Right. It made yeah. sense. <laughs> See, you think we we don't work at these intros. We kill ourselves for these, Carrie. I can see that. (laughs) Yeah, we had a staff meeting saying, okay, what are we doing? Okay, well, how about Tucker, Tanya Tucker, hanging in, hanging in. And then we voted on it, and then it went to, you know, so it was a long process. We spent an hour for for a 30-second intro, (laughs) you know? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But your efforts are much more efficient than that, I think. We just appreciate you, that's all. Yeah, we do we do oh, thank you <laughs> so tell now that we've got all this build up for tucker now, now you're probably going to say no we switched it at the yeah, last yeah, minute. We're, we're talking about milo or something um no. okay okay no we're talking about tucker Yay. okay yes, you all right did it. you did it he's um He's about six years old. He's an orange tabby cat, and he's a he's a big cat. He's you know a good sized cat. He's about fifteen pounds. Ooh. He came to UVHS um, after his owner sadly passed away. He came with another cat named Gimli, and we had them together. But, but Gimli started acting up and and bullying Tucker, so mm. we ended up separating them, and both of them seemed much happier. So they don't have to go home together after all. Um, the uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just it's just kind of strange how that happened. But oh. but they're like I said, both are happier now. Uh, Tucker, he's a little shy. He needs things to go kind of slower and have a little bit more time to settle in and get used to things. But does he, but li- he does he like other cats? Yes. So oh, we okay. we do want him to go home with another cat, or you know, go home to a to a home that has a cat already or be adopted with another cat. He does like other cats. He just needs them to be kind of calm and respectful, not um, too rambunctious or, you know, not a bully cat like like apparently Gimli decided to be. But when he's comfortable with you, he... He enjoys to be petted, and he might curl up next to you. He likes to have his chin rubbed. Um, 
I'm told he absolutely loves treats, and he'll do he'll do just about anything for a treat. Don't won't we all right? Exactly. I was like, do we have that in common? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So he's um, I'm told also he's a very clean cat, and he he just just doesn't like a lot of noise and commotion. He gets really overwhelmed with that. So a nice, calm, peaceful place with another cat. Um, but yeah, and he's very handsome. Mm-hmm. He's got these great big eyes, and he's very handsome. Oh, he is. I, I saw the picture of him. I'm kind of partial to orange uh, cats like that. And it, it's interesting yeah. when you talk about him being kind of shy. And again, I know we've talked before about the different personalities of animals. Um, and a few years ago, I think it was five years ago now, we picked up a kitten um, from a rescue. And oh, yeah. it was, you know, brought him home. And the boys were so excited that we finally had this little kitten. We couldn't find that kitten for three days from the time we brought oh. him home. And they were terrified. They were sobbing, thinking something. No, the cat just needed to, and and to this day, and our cat's name is Tucker. <laughs> he still- Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Tucker is still very, um, very shy. I mean, cats come to you when they want to uh, many times, yep. but our cat Tucker is just very to himself until he decides it's safe to be out with everybody. So, and I think that's just how he started his life. So it's it's interesting to see those kinds of cats, um, you know, be a little shy and need it to be a little more quiet. And then once it is, they get secure enough to really be very lovable, I think. You're totally right. Exactly. And like you said, they all have different personalities. And, you know, yeah, one of my cats, she shows me affection in her way like she doesn't really want to be on my lap but she wants to be right next to me and she's always purring Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean and and this tucker i imagine once you get him home he may hide for a few days you know you may not see him like your kitten but he'll come out and once he's comfortable he's going to want to be right there with you yep yep exactly oh neat Mm -hmm. okay well so you guys do you know what else is going on is Guess what? It's it's kitten season. Oh. So, yes. So we're starting to see some more kittens at the shelter and, and pregnant mamas. So um, if anybody's interested in fostering some pregnant or nursing cats, they should give us a call. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Now, is that for someone who just hears that and thinks, oh, I want to become, you know, start to foster cats. I've never done it before. Is there any special training I would imagine they need for a pregnant cat that because there's going to be a lot of special care, I would imagine? Yeah, I think if they've never done it before, um, it definitely will involve the, involve a um a nice long conversation with our with our um, program coordinator sure. um, Julia. She's she handles all the volunteering and fostering and programs. So yeah, I'm not sure exactly, but but definitely um, we'll definitely make sure that they are aware of what to do. Sure, <laughs> it's, sure. It's serious business, especially with with little little tiny kitties. Oh, how fun though! That's neat. And <laughs> obviously, then there will be an influx and. I would imagine, do you get quite a few people uh, pounding down the doors once they hear that kittens are available? Every, uh, every, yeah, I want to say every day. It's not every day, but (laughs) all year long, we always have people asking for kittens and puppies. Um, Kittens are the absolute quickest to go here. Like Mm -hmm. we don't, they they barely hit our website and somebody's already calling, you know? Um, So they go extremely fast. So if, if, somebody out there was looking for a kitten keep an eye on the website as soon as you see 
kittens on our website, give us a call because they, they are just so quick out the door. Okay, you said three times now. Give us a call. What's the number? <laughs> <laughs> the number is 603-448-6888. And if you get the voicemail, please leave a message because we check it all day long. So we call back people the same day. 603-448-6888. Yes. Okay. Beautiful. Or you can go to uvhs.org. Even easier. Absolutely. And our animals are on the website. As soon as we click available on our system, they show up on the website. So it's it's all automatic. Gotcha. That's awesome. But gotcha. so it's good that we highlighted that kitten season is coming up, but that also makes my heart swell for animals like Tucker, who because like you said, you've probably got people that are just very quickly clamoring after the kittens and the puppies. Yeah. But those animals that are already there, um, they need somebody to love as well. So there's exactly. got to be just just such a perfect situation right, for so, Tucker. So, so is, there's a seasonality with kittens. Is there a seasonality with puppies? I not that I know. We've never. It, for some reason, it's kitten season. It's okay. always we've always heard about kitten season, and it's you know April, May, June. We do sometimes we see them all year long. Hmm. Well, I'm like last year we didn't have much of a season. It was kind of like it started late, and then they sort of trickled in the rest of the year. But um, this year, it feels like, nope, this is actually, it's actually kitten season because we're starting to okay. see more and more and more, and it's so much fun. Oh, that is fun. I bet. That's I neat. bet. All right. Well, um, we'll see if we can uh, send Tucker to a new home. Awesome. And, Peter, I know you're a dog person. We do have a couple new dogs up for adoption, too. So oh, what do we got? What do we got? We've, we've got Bubbles, a five-year-old <laughs> bulldog mix, and Charlie, a retriever mix who's about eight years old. Uh-huh. What, what kind of retriever? Mm, Labrador retriever mix. Oh, 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 wow! Yep, he's he's black and he's got some brown on him. He's very cute. Oh, how old? He's eight. Oh wow! Well, you know, and I'm telling you, um, because I uh, picked up a rescue dog last year uh, to replace one of my older yellow labs, and I just didn't want to go through the whole puppy thing again and the housebreaking and the crate training and. Yeah. Um, got a five-year-old, uh, five-year-old black lab, and yay! Um, and he is just uh, affectionate, and he's got into the routine. It's like, man, and I saved shoes being torn up and and yeah. uh, accidents all over the house, and it's it was worth it. Yes, it really is yep. worth That's it, kids. Right. Lots of yep. pros yep. for having an older animal. Absolutely, yep. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, cool. Thanks, Gary. Well, thank you guys. I hope you have a great day. You too, and you too. we'll uh, we'll find a new intro for you next week. All right, thank you. <laughs> All right, bye, Carrie. See ya. Bye. Eight fifty six is the time. Wow, um, heavy thunderstorm forecast for this afternoon. They're not exactly sure when, uh, but take it. A multi day blizzard has dumped almost four feet of snow in Montana and has made travel nearly impossible in North Dakota. You're kidding. How discouraging <laughs> is that on April 14th if you're living there? Oh, yeah. my goodness. Four yeah, feet no. of snow in Montana and yeah. uh, North Dakota. And if you've driven out in North Dakota, <laughs> okay, uh, it, it, again, pretty pretty flat, uh, and that wind just comes whipping mm. right through there. Well, you, you saw the movie Fargo. There you go. Uh, it's just... Once again, with the cheesy our top sound effects. Notch yeah. sound effects. Yeah, Thank you. That's uh, that's great. Wow. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, uh, snow totals forty inches 
of snow. Mm. Like, holy no, moly. thank you. So, okay, no, so we're going to get a heavy thunderstorm this yep, afternoon. We're, we're good walk. with that. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Uh, again, no, we'll, it's, it's all perspective. Yeah, we'll, that's, that's we'll put up with the frizzy hair. All it is. Um, next hour. What are we doing next hour? Something. Something? Yeah. We are talking ag. Oh, that's of right. That's right. Yeah. We've got uh, uh, Future Farmers of America. 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 And again, I really think, you know, there's part of me that as you're driving by a beautiful farm, I'm like, oh, that would be the life until you sit down and think about <laughs> you don't get weekends off. You have to get up very early in the morning. Mm-hmm. There's dirt, mud, critters. It takes a special kind of person to keep that going. You know, and, and the lovely and talented uh, Amy, um, Hall. Amy, uh, Amy Flynn Amy Hall. Flynn Hall. Yeah. Um, she came out with a T-shirt uh, to support the uh, dairy producers in New Hampshire, and it was a wicked way of life. Wicked good way of life. Wicked good. Yep. Yeah, wicked, yeah, yeah. And and it really is. Yeah. And I grew up in Maine. Uh, we had some uh, family farms around, and it's what you did. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it was just the way of life. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, we didn't know any better. And and uh, you'd go out and uh, there was a barn across the street, um, family, and uh, the kid would uh, go out with uh, the hired man, and. He and I would get on the, not the hired man, but the kid. Uh, we'd get on the school bus together, mm-hmm. but I would just roll out of our farm to get on the bus. Yep. He was coming out of the barn where he had uh, helped milk. Right. And left, left the pails with the, the hired guy. Sure. And then we got on the bus and went to school. Yeah. And it's just what you did. That's right. You know? Yep. Uh, the other guy had sheep. Um, uh, there was a sheep farm down the road. The broiler house uh, down the street. Mm. And you just did it. Right. And uh, like I said, we... I grew up learning how to dock tails on sheep uh, uh, when yeah. the, the, the lambs were born. And, you know, you just did it. Mm-hmm. Other people, ew, ew. It's no <laughs> ooh, you know. Well, it's not that way of life anymore. Well, now it's a whole big education. Well, I know. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. It is unfortunate. 8.59 is the time. News coming up. We're back on the other side. Yep. Talking a little ag and well, who knows what else. Oh, baby, baby, it's a Young, you Canadian, we don't need you around, Mr. Young. That's redneck, redneck music, right? American music, American, American music. music. That's right. What concerned me is that I was listening to that on the way into work this morning. You it, listening to? Wow, it is. It's on the Genie right. Mix. Good yeah. girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as the song starts out, you know, it gets to that part. There's a long intro, and it says, "Turn it up." Mm. And I did. And it scared me to that I'm that compliant to a voice coming over the radio. 
Never works when I say no, something. No, I know. That's yeah. right. I was like, I sure hope my husband is not listening wow. right at this second. He doesn't listen he, to us. <laughs> he, he knows uh, yeah. better than to think that I would How be compliant. How come Peter compliant? can get away with that stuff yeah, and exactly, I can't? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because <laughs> I can leave Peter at the station. <laughs> yeah. You think? Uh-huh. 907 is the time. Um, uh, Bob uh, called a little while ago, and he made some reference to... Uh, uh, where has our congressional delegation been? They've been hiding in the reeds. Uh, well, apropos of that, um, last weekend, Jeannie and I um, were chatting with uh, Congressman Pappas and uh, Congresswoman Custer, and both of them mm-hmm. said they'll come on the air with us. Absolutely. So they, they may hide from some people, but Annie and Chris said, yeah, we'll talk to Jeannie. <laughs> I went, okay. And maybe Peter. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why. I said, what are we going to do with the calls from Bob at that point? Oh, I'll talk to Bob. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so, so both uh, uh, Annie and, and uh, Chris said that they would uh, uh, come on the air and chat. So, um, you know, the, okay, we'll get them on and we'll have them chat. You may agree, you may disagree with what they have to say. Our job is to provide them with a forum to talk, and that's what we will do. So uh, we'll, we're going to uh, get into a scheduling thing now, and uh, we'll make that happen. Uh, but um, uh, shortly, uh, hopefully within the next week or so, uh, we will get uh, uh, one or both of them on. And because there's no shortage of stuff to weigh in on. Uh, I did see a story this morning that the, uh, uh, Russia has made a nuclear threat to Sweden and Finland. Uh, apparently, uh, Sweden and Finland have said... Uh, they're closer than ever to joining the NATO alliance. And the uh, deputy chairman of Russia's Security Council, former president of Russia, said there can be no more talk of any nuclear-free status for the Baltic. The balance must be restored. Really? You're making a nuke threat to Sweden and Finland? Seriously. Uh, Of all the upstarts in the world that could uh, cause havoc, um, Sweden and Finland ain't two of the biggies, but that's the way they want to bully them and keep them uh, from not being involved. And, of course, Finland shares a uh, uh, border with Russia. So uh, Now, whether that's going to happen, I do not know, but it just it looks strange. I mean, seriously? Uh, Russia's threatening because uh, Finland and Sweden say, hey, you know, well, we kind of like what we got going here. We don't, don't, don't threaten us. Uh, so very, very odd. Uh, they're just upping the ante all over the place. Um, and I'm sure uh, the uh, Congress, uh, congressional delegation will be weighing in on that. And hopefully that's one of the questions we will ask them in the not too distant uh, future. 910 is the time um, on News Talk 99.7 WNTK. AM 1490, FM 98.9 WUVR. All right, are we going to take a break? Yeah. You want to do that? Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll take a break. Back on the other side right after this.
9.15 is the time. Tim McGraw, country boys and girls getting down on the farm. Well, it's kind of what they did recently. Just wrapped up the annual State Future Farmers of America Convention, the uh, Grand State Association. And uh, at the top of the uh, state officer team, uh, at the as they wrapped up, uh, President Matthew Rice uh, is uh, the president for this year, tw- uh, 22 and 23. And we have the president with us. Hey, Matt, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How about you? Great. Living the dream, man. Congratulations on your presidency. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. So, uh, now you just wrapped up the convention. Now, that was in person for the first time because uh, COVID wrapped you up for a couple of years. Was it kind of odd or kind of good to be back all together for a change? Oh, yeah. I mean, this was my first time actually attending the state convention in person. I just joined last year and so this was the first in-person state convention that i've been able to attend and being able to meet everyone from across the state and interact with them and about the organization it was so much fun now is the organization i mean in terms of numbers uh because you know we've heard uh some segments of ag uh, are down like dairy farmers and uh, you know that type of thing but are the 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 future farmers you still getting members coming in Oh, yeah, we're definitely still getting numbers. Um, the smallest attendance we had at the general sessions at state convention was 300. Wow. Which doesn't sound like that much, but at the end of the day, to have that many people interested in agriculture here in New Hampshire, it's a really great thing. And we do have a lot of programs that are getting a lot more people. Um, forestry is definitely one of them that's on the rise. You know, people are having fun with chainsaws and you know, there are the time-tested cattle and poultry management that everyone loves, but the numbers are still holding strong for that. Now, uh, what's, what's your particular area? Um, I'm particularly a forester. Uh, I attend Alvern's forestry program down in Hudson, New Hampshire, and I'm going up to UNH this fall for a bachelor's in forestry. Oh, sweet. Now, what do you want to do? Uh, what do you want to graduate in, and what do you want to pursue? Well, when I graduate, uh, there's a lot of different options open to me. Uh, one of the things I definitely want to do is come back to Alvin, my teacher of his position, and help educate the next round of foresters to enter the workforce. But if that doesn't work out, I would love to work for the UNH Cooperative Extension, just work with the public in helping manage our beautiful forests here in New Hampshire. Now, doesn't uh, didn't Alvern uh, get a greenhouse a few years back? Yep. Yeah, that was a part of our major CTE center overhaul. We yep. got a couple million dollars, and so the whole old CTE center got torn down, and everything got rebuilt, and we got new facilities for everything: a surgical suite for veterinary science, a greenhouse for horticulture, and a multi-million-dollar welding shop. It's really impressive. I remember when the greenhouse went up, and I thought that was pretty pretty radical, and, and I was really glad to see Alvern take that step. Oh, yeah. It was definitely an improvement over what we've had in the past, and it's being utilized to teach a lot of important classes. So, um, so like you're saying, the... the, the it's just the opportunity. No, the, the, the typical... Uh, the typical animal husbandry type of things with dairy, goats, sheep, uh, that's holding its own. But FFA starting to move into other 
outdoor venues as well, and that's going to attract new crowds? Yeah. FSA has always been about agriculture in general. And so dairy farming and poultry and all the traditional ideas of farming, they're always going to be an integral part of the organization. But here in New Hampshire, we have slightly different from your average agricultural industries. You know, forestry, veterinary science, stuff that you don't typically think of when you think farming. And those are what we're seeing is the largest programs we have going on. Yeah. See, I went to UMaine, and that was a stumpy school. Oh, yep. So, you know, I I, I get it. Uh, you come by it honestly. When you were up in Maine, forestry uh, in Orono, that was a big uh, a big draw on the campus. Yeah. Now, I think you mentioned, you know, you're talking. Then, you know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, at UNH where I'm attending, you know, forestry is. Do we lose you, Matt? interested in the field. Oh, sorry, we thought we lost you there for a sec. Uh, I had a. Do you know Paul Smith's uh, Paul Smith's College in uh, New York State? Yeah, I have heard of it, and there are some members of my class that are actually going to be attending come the fall. Um, I, I had a friend who went there, and uh, he was raised on a farm, uh, but they would not let him use a chainsaw until the second semester. And he's, he said, "Really?" He said, "Man, I grew up with a chainsaw." And they said, "Nope, nope, nope. You 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 have to go through the safety class, and we're not going to let you use the chainsaw until second semester." Uh, he dropped out after that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's absurd. Yeah. I mean, we're handing out high schoolers chainsaws here, and we're having a grand old time. So <laughs> hopefully, things have changed at the college level. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Wow. So, Jeannie, you were going to ask a question. Yeah, well, it strikes me that it sounds like you have a passion for continuing the education side of things that you, I think you mentioned you want to come back and teach perhaps as as a possible career avenue. Um, is that, you know, I'm thinking that's important not only to cultivate folks who maybe are already in uh, or have an interest in agriculture, but talk about, you know, why that's important because I'm I'm also thinking that, as we're growing up, a lot of us are not living that life every day anymore like we used to generations back. So it's important to keep that education going and, and making people aware that, gosh, you know, this is not only our heritage, but this is our future if we're going to uh, continue these resources. Yeah, you know, it's kind of sad looking at the state of things today where people don't realize where the food on their table comes from or the paper that they write on they just say oh it comes from the trees and they don't understand the process or the hard work that it's think agricultural education a big part of the educational curriculum even if it is just an optional class for students to take it's really important to ffa as an organization and personally to me because knowing where everything you have comes from is just a really great thing to know and helps you be more self-reliant if you actually learn the skills used to get those things yourself. Absolutely. And, and you know, you're, you've tapped into it because uh, New Hampshire is the second most heavily, heavily forested state in the country. And the number one is yep. the state of Maine. So, I mean, you're right, at, right in the mothership of forestry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, out of our 1.7 billion agricultural exports per year, forestry products make up 1.1 billion of it. So it's definitely a huge industry here in state. 
Wow. So do, do you want to do something in the field once you've graduated from UNH besides you know, maybe teaching, but do you still want to be do something in forestry management or, you know, what do you want? Oh, yeah, for sure. One of the big opportunities I've seen is working at the National Forest, managing the timber stands up there for wildlife and recreation, which is something I'm really interested in. Cool. All right. Well, if there are uh, people listening uh, that say, you know, gee, maybe my, my son or daughter or my grandkids or whatever might be interested in FFA, how can they get more information on it? Yeah. If they wanted to get into FFA, the key thing, say to them is just go to your local high school and see if they have any ag classes whether it be veterinary science or if a teacher just has a chicken coop out back and you know if your school personally doesn't have one schools from like halfway across the county like i live down in nashua but i travel over to hudson for my class and so you don't need to live where the school is you just need to take a class and just talk to your teacher and ask them about it and it's a really great opportunity for anyone involved. So if you have even a slight hint of interest, I highly recommend you join. Excellent. Now, in your tenure as president uh, this year into next year, uh, do you have any plans? I mean, are you trying to do more outreach for FFA, or what's your big goal? Oh, yeah, definitely. I have a lot of plans for outreach. Um, so far, what I've done as a chapter officer here at Alburn is I've gone to a lot of elementary and middle schools and talked about the ag programs we have and tried to get them interested. And so to expand that on a statewide level, that's something I really want to be able to do. And also to kind of bridge the gap, bridge the gap between 4-H and FFA. It's something that's always been there, and it's two very similar organizations, and I think there should be more interconnectivity between the two. Well, I'll tell you what, you are um, – I, I, this is what – Gene and I do for a living, and I will say you are incredibly well-spoken uh, about your material, about your objectives, and anytime you want to come on the radio, man, you know where to find us, and you want to update about yeah. FFA, or you want to talk, you want to come up to the studio, come on in, man, we'll always make you welcome. Yeah, sure. Anytime you want, I, I'll just shoot you an email. Sounds like a plan. Please do. And I'll tell you what, we're going to let All you right. go, because we've got Ella Ella just called, and we're going to chat with Ella for a couple minutes, all right? Yep, all right. All right, thanks, Matt. Right. Yeah, no problem. Have a nice day. All right, you too. Uh, Matt Rice, the president of the Granite State Association of uh, Future Farmers of America. Now we're going to shift, uh, and we have Ella Savage, the vice president. Hi, Ella. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Excellent. Well, we were just chatting with uh, Matt, and congratulations on your uh, becoming VP at the... Uh, uh, annual meeting. Thank you so much. So was uh, I asked Matt, was it uh, kind of cool to finally have a live annual meeting? I mean, after it had gotten blown off because of COVID for two years. Yeah, it was actually amazing. So I joined FFA um, in the 2019-2020 year. So I had never gone to um, a state convention. And I actually was a state officer last year as well. Yep. So the first one I ever got to go to was um, running it and seeing all the members that excited um, to be there. Just it made my entire week. Now you're uh, out of the Lakes region, right? I am. Uh, what school? Kingswood. Kingswood. Yep. 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 Up Beautiful in Wolfboro. Wolfboro. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Good school. Um, 
so why why did you decide to join FFA? Um, I was actually shown it my freshman year, and I thought it would be a really great opportunity to get myself out there. And um, so I, I wanted to take that opportunity because I saw what it was doing for others. Hmm. And and are you getting what you thought you signed up for? Absolutely, I am. Um, FFA like changed my life the moment I joined it. So I'm I've never been happier in any other program. Now, what are you showing, Ella? I. What do you mean? So what what area or what aspects are you involved yeah. in? I um, I really am just uh, enjoying my years um, a state officer uh, with the members. Like I went through my two years as a member um, and going up through it, I did everything I possibly could, and now I'm just purely focusing on the members. Now, uh, but, but uh, do you show dairy? I don't. I um, actually had beehives. Oh, okay. Awesome. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'll ask the obvious question. Have you ever been stung? I have not. My bees are actually very calm. Really? <laughs> how do you how do you yeah. how do you calm the bees down? It's so this is gonna sound really funny actually. Bees can um, sense fear. Oh so okay. if you go in nervous with a high heart rate the bees are able to sense it. Okay. So um, if you go in and nice and calm, uh, respecting them and um, using the smoker in a calm way, it actually calms the bees down as well. And um, where I'm in there uh, at different points, they actually have gotten used to me. So they know what's going on when I'm coming in. Wow. So it's like a really elaborate lie detector test yeah. because they can sense whether you're like, because I'm thinking, I don't know if I'd be able to fake them out and go in and go, I'm calm. Everything's fine. They'd be like, you're not calm. You're freaking out. And they come get me. Um, that is fascinating. Wow. Did you, were you raised doing bee? I mean, is this a new thing for you or does your family do bees or how did you get into that aspect? Um, I got into it because I realized how, like, um, pollinators are going extinct. Mm -hmm. They're endangered. It's it's bad right now. And I realized that. And I knew that the consequences if we don't help protect them. Mm -hmm. So I took the opportunity that I could and I um, went and I made sure that i knew what i was doing um i've not always liked bees i (laughs) like if i if i see a wasp i'm running in the opposite direction yep but i i realized that honeybees need our help so that's why i've taught myself how to be calm with them see that is impressive that is because you know what, what are you um 17 I am. Okay. Um, at 17, I was trying to figure out what I was going to have for lunch that day. <laughs> and you were looking 10 years, 20 years down the road at pollinators going extinct. I applaud you for that far looking ahead vision. I was never that way. Thank you. Uh, so can you, you probably can look at, you know, you said when you see a wasp, you run the other way. Are you pretty good at just visually 
identifying what the honeybees are looking like and like what's that fat little uh bee that has the little antenna are, are honeybees the little fat ones or are they i mean you've got to be pretty good at knowing the distinct markings yes yeah, so there's the we have the bumblebees which are the nice big fluffy fat ones mm-hmm. which won't hurt you they just love doing their own little thing and then honeybees are basically um a skinnier less uh fat version of them mm-hmm. but what distincts them from wasps and hornets is um, their body is all connected. So with wasps and hornets, you'll find that they have like one really skinny part and then it goes into their um, thorax, which is their bottom. Um, honeybees don't have that. They have three connecting um, parts to them. It's basically almost like um, a snowman, and it's, but it's a bee. Ah, gotcha. And then do you see yourself going forward, continuing bees throughout, you know, the years to come? Or what are your what are your plans going forward? Absolutely. I have fallen in love with bees and (laughs) I plan on owning as many hives as I can. Wow. Now, have you had problems with bears? Um, Actually, the first week that we put them in, uh, we had not yet gotten the electric fence secured and a bear knocked over um part of it but everything was fine oh all right now what do you do with the honey um i eat it my family loves it oh. <laughs> i bet so you but you're loving you but you're not making enough quantity to to sell it um i currently only have two so there really isn't like that much to sell um i'll give it away to like family and friends gotcha because they love honey too so now it's interesting uh that uh, a, a lot of scientists and a lot of uh botanists have talked to the public saying we need more pollinators we need more uh plants that are pollinator friendly and so you see a lot of the uh seed houses are trying to put plants out there that are are conducive to to hummingbirds and to bees and and you know uh the things that they need that we've kind of gone away from we're trying to bring them back so that helps you doesn't it yes it does um so um a lot of places they um will plant and actually um people can do this too because uh, if you go looking at seeds they have pollinator mix um seed packets so you just can spread out and um, it gives the bees something to um, find and automatically look for because the pollinator mixes and stuff like that are some of their favorites. So it helps them go to that. And if you're doing it, one of the things that I recommend is um, not putting pesticides anywhere near it because that is one of the major factors in what is leading into the bee decline. Wow. Wow. Well, Ella, we really appreciate the time. Uh, congratulations on, uh, again, I know you were an officer before, but now at the recent election, now you're uh, vice president. Uh, and it sounds like you've got a really good head on your shoulders and you, you see down the road, you know where you want to be. And I applaud you for that. And um, we're, as we told Matt, uh, we'll uh, uh, try to get uh, parents and, and grandparents to maybe have their kids talk to teachers at school and see about the ag programs and see if they could get involved with ffa that's amazing thank you all right thank you and best of luck to you thank you so much all right bye uh
Uh, Ella Savage uh, out of Kingswood um, over there in Carroll County, um, vice president of the uh, uh, 2022-23 FFA um, board. So congrats. So we heard from the pres and the VP. Both well-spoken, articulate, and planning yeah at 17 as you said thinking about things that i was not not a prayer at 17 not a prayer i was still (laughs) trying to learn the words to the beatles song that just came that was more important it it absolutely was man 935 taking a break back on the other side with more Okay, what's the abbreviation for that song? The abbreviation for the song itself the or the artist? Title, song title. TCOB. Just TCB. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Elvis mm-hmm. had his Mem- Memphis Mafia, okay, his hangers on, his yeah. group of buds. Yeah. Okay? He gave them necklaces that had TCB. Really? Uh, and if you got that from Elvis, you had that from the Kang. Mm-hmm. You were Bud. You were you were somebody special. Were, <laughs> and and Elvis had about all those taking care of business TCB. Oh, my and he would goodness. hand them out to his buds. And if it's you like saw, being made. Yeah, right? that's, <laughs> that's that was it. Wow. If with one of the Red West and some of the other hangers on, if you were sporting a TCB, the King gave it that baby. Uh, you do not mess with it. <laughs> You're protected. Oh, you're made man. Wow. Right. Yeah. Yep. Wow. But yeah, so Elvis took a Bachman Turner Overdrive. Yeah. Thing, yeah. TCB, huh. yeah. These, my boys, they're taking care of business. My business, yeah. And there's your TCB chain. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, and I always thought that was kind of, you know, why didn't you lift one of Some your own of songs? Your own. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know, I know. It's unusual to go. Yeah, yeah. but whatever. Okay. But, you know, just yeah, well, now we know. Throw, throw that in apropos nothing. Yeah. Uh, Nine forty-two is the time. Interesting, uh, interesting ride on Wall Street. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, um, let's see. Um, Monday was down 413 points. Mm-hmm. Tuesday was down 87 points. So, okay, so it was down about 500 points. Yep. Monday and Tuesday. Yep. Wednesday was up 344 points. Okay. Yesterday, uh, I'm sorry, today, uh, right now, uh, it's up 310. Okay. So we were down five. Sure. In the first two days. Now we're, we're up six. six. Yeah. Okay. That's a good thing. This is, this is okay. Yep. Um, I'm confused, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's pause yeah, right but, here. But it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, today's change right now um, is up 0.74%. So, mm. uh, okay, we'll take it. All right. That, that's good. With all of the things going on in the world. Yes. Uh, you know, the, 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 the uh, 
people coming across the borders mm-hmm. and, and uh, Ukraine going on and, and Russia threatening to move nukes into the Baltic. If Finland and Sweden join NATO, yes, boy, two antsy countries. I'd sure keep an eye on them. <laughs> Can't trust those puppies at all. Antsy, uh, for sure. Then, then, now here's this. This I look for these stories because they're grounding. With everything that's going on in the world, this is what people are really going for. Kim Kardashian <laughs> appears to have photoshopped Pete Davidson's nose and jawline in a photo she put on Instagram. So she took his, uh, he, this is before picture, okay. she edited his nose and his jawline. Okay. That must be love. Uh, yeah. You know. I want you to look be, a little yeah, bit yeah. better, a little more publicly acceptable yeah. to my. Yeah. And like, wow. Apparently, uh, now this is just a day after Chloe Kardashian. I don't know which one that is. She admitted to photoshopping her daughter into pictures snapped at Disneyland. The kid really wasn't at Disneyland. <gasps> I love that idea. Yeah, I figured However, you would. Yeah. I could recreate a childhood for my kids that they should be forever appreciative of. Don't tell them. Uh, I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm going to do that same thing and just paste those into photo albums and baby books and the amazing childhood the pic- that the, they the picture, had. The picture of one of the kids looking up at, at mommy or daddy but it'll be Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck. Oh, sure. Looking up. Oh, it's yeah, easy yeah. to do because kids have amazing expressions. You could, yes, just plant them in various situations and say, look at the childhood I delivered for you. There you go. Oh, I like that. So, um, but yeah. I'm sitting there going, so that's what's really important. Not the threat of nuclear war. <laughs> no. The, 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 the disease and, no. and the immigration coming across. That, no. that, that's not important. Child's play. The person you're with. Mm-hmm. Boy, if I could just... Take that bump out of your nose and the jawline. Yes, yes. That's, 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 you, you, you influencers Mm -hmm. on Instagram. Mm -hmm. That this is what life is all about. Mm -hmm. How you can have perfection. And if it's not there, you'll create it. it. Yeah. Yes. Create the illusion of perfection. Why are they even still in headlines? Who knows? Okay. Who cares? All right. And then, and then when you get to be old like us. Yes. Or actually people are older than us. Yeah. What do you do? You, you go into denial. Oh. So you start regressing. You start thinking you're younger than you are. Okay. During the pandemic when people were quarantining, yeah. Al Pacino, 81, started dating a 28-year-old woman. Oh, good night. That's, a, <laughs> that's not dating. It says dating. Oh, I'm aware of what it says. Yeah, okay. I'm just, <sighs> yep. I just, uh, mm-hmm. hey, if you're Al Pacino, what are you going to do? You're going to do something appropriate. Go chuck the moves on a 78-year-old? Yes. No! Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it should be oh, It should be about more than what? that. Why is he not looking for, yes, a spiritual personality connection? You're going to be awfully lonely when you're 81. Oh, I don't think so. No 90-year-old's going to be hitting on you, baby. <laughs> oh, that's where you're wrong. Chasing you with a walker. Those 90-year-olds are lined up as we speak. <laughs> you know, I like that walker. You got the tennis balls on the front. Exactly. You're styling. Well, my, and mine wouldn't be just the ordinary tennis balls. Mine would be like kind of like I would um, bedazzle them or something, put some glitter on them. Of course you would. Make them nice and pink. Of course and, you'd put you put know, glitter. You gotta, yeah. you, gotta, wow. you gotta really stand out. You wouldn't want some, some boy toy, some 35-year-old that just no. kisses the ground you walk on? No, good heavens, no. Well, you've already got that. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's old news. <laughs> yeah. Part the hordes yeah, of people okay, that are lining up. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. What was I thinking? Nine forty-seven is the time. She who must be obeyed says we have to take a break. Yes, sir. On News Talk ninety-nine point seven WNTK AM fourteen ninety. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do this. Watch this, people. Right. AM fourteen ninety FM ninety-eight point nine. What are you, Peggy Lee? <laughs> Read the damn that thing. That is the most dramatic oh, station God. identification ever. <laughs> I think I need the whole roll. Let's do it again. Buick. News Talk, News Talk 99.7 WNTK, AM 1490, FM 98.9, WUVR. God, I love working with professionals. Nailed this it. is great. South side of Chicago in the wee early hours of the morning. Oh dear. Scary, scary place. <laughs> Be very, very afraid. And I was driving a Lincoln Continental. Of course you were. I know. Oh my god. Well, it was well, Peter in the Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, no, I was mm-hmm. um I was uh, on a corporate a corporate meeting mm-hmm. and I had to fly into Chicago. The meeting was outside of Chicago. And the car rental place mm-hmm. had a special. On Lincoln Continental, so I went. Yeah, I'll take one of them back. Of course you are. And it was yeah. like cheaper than getting a Yugo. You know, yeah. it's like okay, fine, I'll take it. And driving this land yacht, you know, yes. through Chicago that you know, floats. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, through the streets. Well, it was, yes. it was a car exactly. It was, yeah. it was gas. Sure, was, it was. You know, thirty cents a gallon. Who cared? Yeah. Um, and I was out in Schaumburg and and uh, trying to come back into Chicago. I don't. Know, I got lost. And uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, I went from high rises to low rises uh-huh. uh signs went from english to cyrillic uh like uh, slavic mm-hmm. to hispanic okay i'm like huh. okay i don't know about any of this right i don't know where this yeah. does not help me like, yeah damn mm-hmm. and then I'll, I'm, indiana border two miles i'm like how did i get to indiana <laughs> only you i i know i know i finally got out of uh, New Hampshire State Police looking for a driver after a high-speed pursuit ended this morning on I-93. Uh, I just, I, as I'm reading the story. The details are unfolding. I'm going, which one of these is going to nail you to the wall? Mm-hmm. Uh, police said a car is driving northbound at speeds reaching 115 around 1220 this morning. Committed multiple lane violations. According to police, troopers tried to stop the car with bike strips near exit 16. Oh, wow. Police said the driver went off the road trying to avoid them, went into the median. Driver took off on foot and was seen heading in the direction of Merrill Park in Concord. Yes. Uh, the driver left behind about 100 grams of a substance believed to be fentanyl. Uh, Oops. <laughs> they have a person of interest in connection with the incident, did not identify them. I'm like, okay. You're right. There are so many different yeah, I know, points I know. that you're, yeah. You're... Which one of these do you, multiple lane violations, 115? Uh, at that hour of the morning, are you Trying under the to influence? Law enforcement. Yeah, 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 yeah. And oh, by the way, I got to get out of here. Should I bring the, the dope? Didn't no, <laughs> yeah. I'll leave it in the car. 
Yeah, oh, 100 grams dear. of uh, fentanyl. Yeah. Okay. Oops. So um, uh, apparently the driver has fled. Now uh, they have a person of interest. Mm-hmm. It does not say that they um, have them in custody, or maybe they've just identified right. the person. I right. don't, do not Certainly. know. But, uh, but think about this. So the thought process, you're already doing all of these things wrong, mm. and you decide, oh, this is going badly. You you're find yourself in the median, you're like, oh. All that's left to do is abandon the car and run on foot. I know. But, I mean, you know, we've talked about this before. Um, you, you unfortunately bury yourself in a, in a lie. Sure. And it starts off relatively in, innocently. Sure, the innocent lie. Well, well, I mean, like a little white well, lie. Okay, okay, all right. But then, then you got to you, you commit. Yeah. And you got to keep going and with then, that. Then and then you realize, deeper. I'm at a point of no return. Yes. I either got to bail... Or I got to keep on going down this damn road, mm-hmm. and I, and a lot of times your first instinct maybe not the best. Yeah, I know. Uh, in that situation, as I've gotten older, <laughs> I am less uh, less likely to continue going down that road. Okay. Uh, now I'm more like, yeah, okay. Now you got you, you had got me a whole. I did this, you know exactly. And just because I'm not good at lying anymore, mm-hmm. I get older. The gray matter is not what it used to be. I can't remember the lie that I started with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so it's just no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once you get going down a road, you know uh, the, the country song. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yes. You can only go so far. Yes. And then you realize. I really got nowhere to go, so I'm already drowning. What the hell? I'll right. keep walking out. Right. And that's, there's that moment of choice. You got to figure out. Yeah. Put on the big boy pants and on up, or just keep on going. And so many people just yeah, keep I on know. going. I know. <laughs> and they just go faster. <sighs> yeah. So, Not the best idea. No. Oh no. my goodness. So I don't know what's going to happen to that dude. Uh, mm. But uh, but you're right. There are so uh, like which one do they pick out as the the first offense? You know the the main offense, and then add stuff to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, well, as you've said before, it makes our lives look, uh, you know, I'll take the humdrum sometimes. I'll take the ordinary. This is good. I, I think um, most of us would, mm-hmm. you know, yep. uh, because yep. we've seen other people take the um, take the road less traveled. Mm-hmm. And it's like, initially, wow. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, ooh. Whoops, yeah, yeah. Let this be a lesson <laughs> yep, to you. Yep, yep. And you don't want to be the person going, I told you so. Right, no. I, I hate being that person. No, me too. So, so, yep. so. And it's best, if we can learn by others' mistakes, that's even better. Mm-hmm. It's just rare to be able to do that. Yeah, no, that's true. So, um, we're going to be wrapping up here today. We are. It was, it was a busy show. It was a busy it's show. Good. Again, it's been a busy week. We have learned so much. Yep. No, it really has. And thank you to everybody for playing along. And, uh, yep, we've already started lining up stuff um, for next week. It promises to be a good week. And then you're going to be gone. I will be. Yes. Yes. Going, yes. Away for that last week in, in April. I was going to say February. Now we're in April. Ooh. Mm. Get some good Florida shots so you can Photoshop your kids into the. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, and look yeah. at the vacations we've already taken, That's kids. It, yeah. Yes. How could you forget these? Wait a minute. Turn sideways. Your nose is growing. <laughs> Pinocchio. No, it doesn't. Once we do, we'll Photoshop it. It's fine. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do a Kardashian on my nose too. Oh, don't, don't. Why do you, you have to bring that name up. in? You're the one who introduced the story. Why as people newsworthy. keep talking about that no talent oh, family? Oh my goodness, you're the one who keeps it alive, uh, my friend. No, I'm not. I'm ridiculing them. 
Well, ridicule them quickly because we got to wrap it up and get out of here. Yeah, but there's two things I got to say. What? What is <laughs> You're saying them quietly. What is it? Are you waiting till the very last minute so I can't stop you? I want the last word. Oh, my head. Yep. <sighs> well, we will be back with you folks on Monday. <laughs> last word. <laughs> Here on News Talk 99.7 WNTK. AM 1490 FM 98.9 oh, WUVR. I, I love it. Thank oh. you, Jeannie. You're so good.